What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Call Her. <laughs> Call Her Holy. Listen, we're laughing right now because I'm joined by my best friend. And me. And Nicoletta, my other best friend. Listen, we're laughing because, um, I don't know, you want to tell us, Kristen, why you're laughing at me right now? No, I just like seeing your element. I think it's really cute and it just brought me a lot of joy, so I laugh. We're going to have a lot of fun today. I'm Laura Eldridge. And I'm Nicoletta Bradley. And... We already had a kind of an intro, but this is the one and only Kristen Horner, who has a great <laughs> journey to share with you. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, maybe the most fun uh, intro ever. I, I honestly was pumped up about that. Yeah. Like, I'm like here for it. I'm like, Mika, it's going to be said, a great episode. You said, and I'm here too. And hello. <laughs> hello. Don't forget it's about me. me. It's me. <laughs> little like third grader like hey mom yeah yeah oh wait guys can i play hey can i play (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of background on Kristen. we lived together in our 20s back in our heyday back in the single days back in our single days you know we've been through some stuff together Mm -hmm. there have been times like uh being locked out of our house sitting Mm -hmm. in front of the door that was fun pounding how how long we were out there hours we we weren't even mad about it we were having the best time I know we were having the best time. We were just like Snapchatting. Yeah. Like we're locked out. Our roommates won't answer. That's not okay. Genuinely do people Snapchat still? Is that a thing? Okay, oh, this no, was, that was when Snapchat was cool. Though. I know was, it yeah. used to be but cool, I think but people yeah. still, still do it. Cool. I think like the young kids still do it, but... Now that we're elderly. Now that we're elderly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that we're anxious. Uh, <laughs> well, let me put it this way. If Kristen was on Snapchat, I'd be like, what are you doing? Get yeah. off immediately. No. Too time consuming. Yeah. Um, but you guys have kind of known each other. You two. Yeah, we kind of, well, okay. Backstory. Kristen has a twin sister. So when we sat down, I was like, which twin are you? Yeah. (laughs) And they are identical y'all. So they look exactly the same. And I was like, you're the one married to the tall husband. And she was like, like, no, "No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Drew. I said, in in your defense, I said, you're, he's not short. He's just not as tall as Jacob. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, now we're neighbors and we are moms together the and dream. yeah, it's, it's the dream. It mm-hmm. really is amazing, but you're also going through a little bit of something at the moment, right? Called chemotherapy. Yeah. And <laughs> we're both stopping and looking at each other yeah. wondering, do we laugh or do yeah. we cry? Because we went through this whole big thing of we're on this trip to Florida, the two of us and our husbands and our kid kids Kid. K- Kiss- yeah. Kristen is currently pregnant and has a one and a half year old mm-hmm. and we're just like gallivanting around town having fun yeah we thought our life was like really on the up and up we yeah were like, this is everything we've been waiting for yeah this is awesome we're going on trips together yeah. we've got the couples it's like it's goals we're in this yeah beautiful condo yeah and then um she gets this cough and um, we'll talk about that in just a little bit because it turned into being something really serious that yeah. is cancer while she's 20 weeks pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. But first, I want you two to get to talk a little bit and, yeah. and go backwards before you go go forwards. Totally. And I think that's where I'm excited to go. But I want the listeners to get to know you, Kristen. So tell us before we dive in, like, how did you get to know Jesus? What was that like? Just give her, tell people who you are. What's okay. your story? Okay. Yeah. So, um, like I grew up going to church, so I always knew God and I always, I prayed the prayer to become a Christian, like when I was like four, like, you know, one, one of those, but I never really saw what it was like to walk out following Christ. Like the people around me, 
Um, I mean, and and I don't want to say no one around me is doing that, but um, I didn't really understand the concept of what it really looked like to follow Jesus. Totally. And so, anyway, so that was always like rooted in me. But you know, so then I I just like went through life partying and really found myself worth and what other people thought about me and specifically guys and really just lived my life to party like through high school through college and even um, right after college um, just partied that was really all all I knew to do and I always kind of had that idea of God and like what what would it be like to follow Him in the back of my mind because I knew that life was empty like I always felt there were so many mornings I woke up that I just felt empty and like my life was kind of pointless like I was doing the same thing over and over yeah. again and so one of the turning points for my faith journey was well one night I went out and partied really hard was really hungover the next day and I was like something and this was right after college I just got thrown into kind of the business world it wasn't a job I wanted to be in like really just like what I thought it was like to be a quote-unquote adult out of college was not what I pictured and I wasn't liking it and really my self-worth was caught up in this toxic relationship I was in so if if our relationship was doing good then I felt like everything was good but if it was doing bad then like my entire self-worth was crushed so um just prayed that prayer of God, if, if you're real and if you want me to like follow you, show me what to do. And I was like, well, I guess I need to start going to church. So I think my faith journey really started there, but it took time still. So then I started going to church and, you know, was trying to learn about God, but then I met this other guy and, um, <laughs> that's, so how, that's how they get you. He was like my dream guy on paper. Um, at the time, I mean, my husband now drew is my dream guy, but naturally, right. But at the time he was my dream guy on paper and really, to summarize our relationship, he was everything I wanted, except he didn't believe in God. And he said, I'm going to try to get there. And I want to be with you. Um, But eventually, over time of probably a year of dating, he was like, you know what, I don't think I'm going to believe in this. So like, you have to decide, like, is that good enough? Or are you like, basically going to go all in with Christ? So I chose to go all in with Christ. And that was the best decision I ever made. That was back in, I would say, like 2015, 2016. Um, moved to Miami. And surprisingly, living in Miami was really where my faith journey grew. I got wow. plugged into a church there, um, which people hear Miami and think like, that's not a, the time you're partying. It's so funny. Like that, I actually didn't party at all in Miami um, in that sense. I partied in a Christian way. It was really fun. Yeah, y- y'all had fun. I had the best time in Miami, but it wasn't like, you know, going to clubs and everything like I was throughout my beginning of my life. Um, and so, yeah, I got plugged into church there, really like grew my faith. And then after about a year of living there, moved to Dallas. Um, that's when I moved in with Laura and my sister and one of our other best friends, uh, we called the house Purple Peach. Purple Peach. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, we're, love we're that. forever Purple Peach. Forever. Um, and really, my faith grew a lot going to Watermark and just getting plugged in there. Um, eventually, met my husband that summer, maybe like six months into being there. Well, we're roommates, and yeah. I'm over here like, wow, you're really going to end up with a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, a beach girl ending up with a cowboy. It was not what I pictured at all, but. Um, 
Here we are. Here we are. And <laughs> I swear if God does that to me, I will be like, you are killing me, Jesus. She said the same thing. It was so funny. She For said real. the exact same thing. And, and it's we love Drew. He's awesome. Like but, our yeah. joke on the podcast is Nicoletta would rather die than live on a ranch. And I feel like God's going to humble me and I'm going to marry some like ranch guy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you guys are. <laughs> no, like, she's like, I still would never live on a ranch. But um, but yeehaw. But we <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, together. You got married. We got married. Yeah. And here we are now. So we've been married for since 2019. It's 2023. Here we are. And my life looks a lot different now. But that's kind of how I came to know Christ and that story. So, but yeah, I I think what was really cool with Drew, um, my husband now, was God just healed me so I didn't have to have my self-worth in guys anymore. And that put me in a place that I was ready to get married. But I had to really like know that my self-worth is in Christ. And that grew over those years of like, learning what it's like to follow him and really like becoming whole just by having that relationship with him first. That's so good. So, and yeah. then we thought the best day, like we thought that our worst days were behind us, honestly. Like yeah, you, we, we know John sixteen thirty three that that trials are to be expected. You just don't ever expect to get a diagnosis like cancer. And, no. and I didn't expect my best friend to get a diagnosis <laughs> like cancer. You know, yeah. we're, we're like reminiscing on how we would have silly fights or how when we liked the same guy or things like that and and then you just think like okay all that's behind us yeah and then all of a sudden here we are with a circle of people in my home praying like all these people who love you so much coming together praying boldly and expectantly that tomorrow when we get the news about the test that you just took it's not going to be cancer Mm -hmm. And tell us, like, backing up, going to, hey, I'm kind of sick. I have this cough, and it's been going on for months. Like, start there, and then tell us about, like, your journey where you are now. Yeah, so I had the cough. It actually started in Florida when Laura and I were in Florida. And um, I am really healthy. Laura knows this, like, we were just talking about this a little bit, but I'm we're on this health journey. Um, I'm really, like non-toxic with just products I use and just I live a very active lifestyle I eat really healthy and probably most of my friends would say I'm the healthiest person that they yeah know. yeah and so I think of all people getting cancer like that was never on my radar when I got a cough I was like oh it's probably allergies it's probably I'm pregnant it was all these things and even my doctors thought that they really they, yeah. they thought I was acid reflux because I was pregnant Um, No one would even ever think that, oh, this might be cancer. We should look into this. And and eventually um, got an x-ray of my chest. And uh, so before I got diagnosed with lymphoma, so you have to do a a lymph node biopsy. And that was, that's what we were waiting for when we were praying in your living room, Laura. We were waiting for that biopsy to come back. But our initial biopsy in the hospital said that it most likely wasn't cancer. So the surgeon came in and multiple doctors came in and said, you know, this is about 90% accurate that you don't have cancer. And I was praying for this for weeks at this point. And I want to back up a little bit because really those weeks when I was waiting and trying to figure out what was wrong with me, like, I don't know if ever anyone's ever been in this place, but like I couldn't sleep without listening to praise and worship music. Like I was listening yeah. to praise and worship music constantly around the clock. I've never just felt so anxious, fearful, like just sick to my stomach about what was happening. And um, 
I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Obviously, probably most listeners don't have cancer. But if you've ever just been in a really bad spot, like waiting on some news or like unsure about what's going to happen with your life, your life maybe isn't going as planned and you just feel so uneasy and you can't rest unless like my only hope of resting, which is few and far between was just getting those moments of peace from God. And so I was just like, that was really the hardest place in my whole journey. It's not even like where I'm at today of like in the middle of chemotherapy and like about to give birth my, to my daughter. It's really like was those couple weeks leading up to my diagnosis of I have so much empathy for anyone that is kind of waiting on something that yeah. is like a huge deal to them and wrestling with peace and just really wanting peace and praying for that, but really not feeling it. I remember coming over to your house that was honestly the worst off of like seeing yeah. you you know through the whole journey you've been I was like Laura bring over your guitar and your bible I just like cannot yeah. get peace you need to come over immediately like I'm not okay yeah but what I love <laughs> even hearing this story is that in the waiting which let's be honest we're all in some form totally. of waiting every single day of our life whether right. that's like waiting for our food to be delivered or maybe that's waiting to get married one day whatever it may be big or small we're yeah. always waiting but what I'm encouraged by you is that I never heard like while I was waiting I went back to the bar yeah. or I went back to the things that I used to do yeah because I was angry at God and yeah. I think that when we're in a waiting season it's one of those moments where we have a choice. That's good. We can either get angry with God yeah. or we can run to God. And so I'm hearing you say like the moments in the nights where I was heartbroken, where I was anxious. And let's be honest, like that's maybe like a breakup. You're sitting there totally. at night and you're heartbroken. You're right. devastated. Yeah. Like God, why is this happening? But what you did was that you ran to worship music and yeah. you said that true rest was not found in running to your husband, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of girls can think rest is found and yeah. is getting the husband and you have it, but you didn't go there. Yeah. And it wasn't found in your friends. But when you did run to a friend, you said, no, bring Jesus with you. Yeah. Because that's where this rest and this peace is going to be found. Yeah. So let me ask you this, that like, yes, you're in this waiting season. You were. You're still in the waiting season because we don't know the outcome. Right. But like, tell me the God flexes. Like, tell me what God has done since then and now. Yeah that can encourage listeners that maybe if it's not cancer, yeah. they're still sitting in this waiting season of like, God, are you going to show up? Yeah, that's good. So there's like two tiers to the God flexes. Like the day of my diagnosis, so many people texted me and honestly, probably my sister sent out like, oh, this is the update of her diagnosis. But I was just shocked. I mean, I was completely blindsided. I didn't even know what to think, but God had two people text me the same exact verse within an hour of each other. And I know it was him speaking to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know that he was using his people and his word to be like, Hey, this is the truth. And, um, the verse that it was, was when you, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And that's Isaiah 43, 2-3. And I think that's really powerful, and that's really been my anchor in this whole journey, because there's been so many things that should have happened to me. Like, I should have already lost my hair, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um just there's so many different things or just different symptoms that I should have felt my first chemotherapy or like people are shocked I haven't felt this and that I'm doing so well. And it's like, well, God promised me the day of my diagnosis that when I pass through the waters, he's going to be with me and like that I'm not going to be burned through this fire. And so, so most people are 
doctors I'm speaking about or just even people that have gone through it are like, wait, so you still have your hair and like you've never felt this? And I'm like, yeah. And a part of me isn't that surprised because I just have always felt peace that he's going to let me go through what he knows that I can handle and the things he knows I cannot handle. He's not going to let that happen to me. What's crazy, though, is that, well, one, Kristen, he has given you more than you can handle in general, like without without him. But but that was like the key verse of like, okay, I will be with you. Yeah. Um, But two, what's also really cool about what you just said is that you're actively shifting your focus onto the ways that God has really showed up for you. Like you're actively thinking about like, okay, well, this should have happened. And guess what? It didn't. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that God is with me and this, this should have happened and it didn't. God is with me. This is amazing. Yeah. Instead of saying I have cancer, like how the heck am I here? This sucks. God is awful. And I'm sure there are times that you've been mad at God. I'm sure there are times where you have, you know that not, I'm sure. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) I say that like, I don't know it. No, I do know it. But, um, tell us about some of those times, honestly. Yeah. Well, before I move on, I I do just want to say like, hey, like I've already known that those things I just mentioned that I'm like, oh, and those things haven't happened to me. I've already been mentally prepared, but they might happen to me tomorrow. And like yeah, if that good. does happen to me tomorrow, then I'm going to trust in that happening tomorrow. And I just and what I think that means is not like, oh, now God's left me. I just think it's like, oh, n- he's OK with that. He, like this is what he wants to happen now. Yeah. yeah. And it might not be what I want to happen now, but I'm going to trust him if and when that those things happen. Yeah. So just if those have happened to, you know, whether this be you're comparing it to cancer or whatever you're comparing it to, if it's like if you prayed for something or really scared about something and he allowed it to happen, that doesn't mean that he's not with you. Yeah. It just means that's part of his plan. And we're in a broken world. Do and it. Things suck yeah. here, you know? And you got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. Honestly, you, you need to have a good theology of suffering. If, if yeah. you have ever... Um, gone through something, chances are you've either gone one way or the other. You've dug into God's word or moved further away from God mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of both. But I do think this is kind of what we said at the beginning, Kristen, of we thought like we're living the dream, like right. our lives are up and to the right. And yeah. that is a really common uh, way of thinking. Like we mm-hmm. really do think life is going to be linear that like you've hit your lowest and you're just going to go up from here unless you're like super anxious and paranoid and always think that you have something wrong with you. I don't know. Like there are people who struggle with that as well. Mm-hmm. But in general, young women, like young adults, we just think like, hey, things are going to go up. And they don't always. And so when you realize that God is still who he is when things go south, that God is somehow using this situation to work things out for his glory Mm -hmm. and for the collective good of his people. Mm -hmm. Um, When you learn that God actually does love you, even though you've been given a lot, you've been given um, a hand that you wouldn't have dealt yourself. Mm -hmm. Even when your hope has been deferred over and over and over, which the scriptures literally say, God understands. He says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, the scriptures say that crushed bones, like it, it uses that language to totally. talk about, you know, people who haven't, yeah. who are going through really hard things. But anyways, theology of suffering is really like understanding that God is still who he is and God right. uses suffering to make you uh, fall more in love with him. Exactly. But yeah. also to add to that, what the coolest thing is, is that he did something about the suffering. And so we, in the Christmas season, this is where God really rocked my world is that He goes, I saw 
that you, Kristen, would go through cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I sent my son Mm -hmm. to be born in a manger Mm -hmm. to then die on the cross Mm -hmm. so that you now have a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of the gospel is that whatever you're going through today, like maybe you're Mm -hmm. going through heartbreak, maybe both of your parents just passed away. I don't know. But God isn't sitting back and being like, Mm, that's unfortunate. Right. He's like, no, if you look back 2000 years ago, I sent my son to die for you because now there's a light. Right. There's a light at the end of the tunnel that you know that right now is temporary. Mm-hmm. But eventually, if you trust in me, you believe in me and you accept me into your heart, like this is temporary suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Christianity is such this sweet place is that whatever you're experiencing, like it promises hardships mm-hmm. on this side of eternity. Like that's yeah. why like sin entered into the world and God didn't go, oh crap, Adam and Eve ate the apple. Let me just like go oh, figure sh- it out. Oh shoot. Wasn't, shoot. Wasn't, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't part of my plan. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, no plot twist. I'm already in redemption plan. Right. And I'm going to make sure that my daughter, Kristen, when she finds out that she has cancer, right. that whatever it may happen, whether she loses her hair or not, there is a light at the end of the right. tunnel. And one day you will walk into glory and not even have to worry about hair because that's going to be the least important thing. And so I think that's something I really do want to make sure that we make sure we mention in this episode as we're talking about suffering is that whether it's big or small, and I think it's easy when you aren't going through cancer, or maybe you just called off an engagement. And when you think of that compared to cancer, it's like, there's not really a comparison, but God's like, no, but I care about both of those. Right. Yeah. While we're talking about suffering, and I know that we've we've gone in and out. Kristen, you're amazing. We've gone in and out of like your actual journey. Um, and we're going to tell people at the end where they can follow along. But while we're talking about suffering, um, one thing that has really inspired me about you is that you have literally been like cracking jokes with the doctors and nurses and not in a way that's like I'm avoiding what's hard going on. You have been just making the most of my situation isn't great. And mm-hmm. and here I am. And God has me here. And so I'm going to have fun. And I literally, like I've said this to, be, to you before, I was like, I want to go to chemo with you <laughs> because you're like constantly saying of new things. It's kind of fun. It's fun. Like yeah. new <laughs> new like memories that you've made with, the, yeah. with we call them your new friends, like yeah. the doctors and nurses. So yeah. are there any uh, like silly things like that that you can remember off the top of your head of like, these interactions were funny. Yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I'm pretty hilarious, but yeah. um, I think you are too. You're very. So funny. you think you're really funny? Yeah, I really do. Um, probably more than most. Um, yeah. so, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been funny things, and we can talk about those. Like, but there has been like so many moments where I just know that it's from God. Like. Down to like who my nurse is and like things she told me that I'm like, that's wild. And um, down to like the surgeon, like w- one thing Laura's mentioning, like I was making the surgeon laugh and um, when I was about to go to sleep, like, and I'm like making all these people <laughs> laugh and on the table. Um, but it's really only from God. Like he gives me that peace and that joy where like Laura knows like my biggest fear was having surgery. Like I was like terrified. Oh I was gosh. asking her all these questions about her, the surgery that she had an ACL. Yeah, but let me just tell you guys too, like uh Kristen and Elena, her twin sister, like, can I share this publicly? 
You what? guys are not like hospital people. You don't. Oh no, you sure. Yeah. Like okay, to <laughs> the point that's where it's like, knowledge. to where it's like okay. I remember you getting so mad when we were single because you gashed your <laughs> finger open. I sat with you for like an hour while your finger was totally okay, but you thought you were dying. Yeah, I thought I was bleeding out. You thought you were bleeding out. <laughs> I, Jesus, take me home now. I saw the gates. Go to work I, like I went to work right out. Now. I literally went to a workout. Oh, that's and you, were, yeah. you were so upset. I was so mad that she left me. They were bleeding her finger, out on the floor. Her finger had a gash in it that I'd already tended to, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she did. Um, um, or like Elena, where um, I think it was like a routine blood work or a shot or something like that. And I, it was like, I'm there holding a cold rag on her hand, <laughs> yeah, putting headphones in her ears. It was literally like one shot. Like we have her set back so she doesn't <laughs> faint. So that's who we're dealing with to where it's like, okay, right. that is the extent of surgery is a big deal. Yeah. And now you have a chemo port that's yeah. like living inside your chest that you yeah. get, you get poked in and. Yeah, it's just not anyone who is close to me like knows this is not something that I would ever take lightly um, that I'm like this super brave person that's like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Um, no, it was a huge deal. And so what you're referencing, Laura, like making doctors laugh and having a piece when I'm about to fall asleep to get a port put in my body is just like the only thing that makes sense is that God was there with me. Like yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's like great. And I'm so glad for those funny moments. And I'll never forget those. But never forget the doctors calling you Dr. Horner. <laughs> yeah, doctors call me Dr. Horner because I like to research everything and they think I'm ridiculous. Yeah. And <laughs> surgeons think I'm ridiculous because I'm like asking questions. Then they're like, why is she still awake? Like, the anesthesia is already in. Like, why, how is she still talking? Like, that's where I'm at. And I'm like, still, yeah. But, and also, Nicoletta, what you mentioned, like, I think I've just come to terms. Well, there's, a couple things that God taught me but one of those main things is like I've just come to terms with like hey this is always God's plan so like am I going to use this in a way that's going to be glorifying to him and be faithful and what does that look like and how can I have joy in this season because it's happening either way so are we gonna like lean in or am I going to cry about it and be upset about it and I'm not saying I'm not ever upset and crying about it but like my overall outlook is to reframe really there was a couple things God said to me early on and I've had to do this over and over again. And I was, when I was praying about being on this podcast and like what the message that God would want me to share is this can really apply to anyone. This is what I've done though with my cancer journey and how people think I'm so positive. Like I'm really just not a positive person. It's just, I have to keep doing these things. Mm. I mean, I, I hopefully I am a positive person, but like, it's not just that. It's like, I have to constantly fight yeah. to fight. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're fighting not just for your life, like physically, right. you're fighting for your joy, right? You're fighting for like the security, like, what you know to be true, you're having to constantly, you know, right. put it and on it's repeat. in the fire where your faith is actually shown. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And yeah. it's like, you don't just have to fight for your health. Every single day you have to fight for something. Are you going to fight for joy and for peace? Or are you going to just submit to honestly just like the way of this world and be yeah. like, God, you're the worst. This sucks. I deserve better. But it's like, if you actually believe what the Bible says, like you deserve yeah. nothing. And right. out of his kindness, he's allowing you still to have hair. He's allowing these things. So tell us a little bit more about what you're about to say. So yeah, what really God put on my heart to share is the process of how I've been going to him when I know I'm letting fear and anxiety take over and I know I'm spiraling and I'm like, okay, stop. 
I need to reframe what's happening here. Yeah. So when I'm reframing, I basically am saying, okay, what does God's word say? What do I know about Jesus' character? And what is the truth that I need to focus on? So let's stop thinking about these negative things and spiraling here. And what do I know? Okay, well, I know that God is good and he turns every bad thing to good. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go through hard things or that life is going to be easy, but I just have to trust that even if I don't feel like what's happening is good right now, he's going to eventually turn it to good in his timeline. Then I move on to, okay, so what does that look like practically? So I feel like when this happened um, and I got my diagnosis, God was telling me, like I, he was telling me to rebuild. And if you want to know more about why that's kind of ironic is because uh, my house almost burned down the day, my, the morning of my diagnosis. No and way. I know this is a crazy story. Yeah. And that was the day he told me like, you are going to rebuild. And I was like, that's funny. Um, and if you want to <laughs> read that whole story, it's on my, it's on my blog. Um, so I won't get into that, but basically we had to rebuild our house and I feel like God was saying, we're rebuilding your life as well. And mm. like, I, I asked him like, why, like, what did I do wrong? Like, I just was feeling like, why am I being punished in this way? And it's like, hey, it's not because I'm punishing you. It's just we're taking your life on a, on a different course than you expected. But it's the exact course that I always knew about. So good. And so when I think about rebuild, I think, okay, well, what does that look like to walk in faith? Uh, what's my ultimate new goal? Like, and that new goal is meaning what's what do you have for me, God? Like, What's the goal that you want me to achieve in this season? You know, and it's not about working my way to him. It's just like, hey, I want to be faithful, whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like. And put on my heart what that looks like so I know what steps to take, like practical steps. Yeah. And so, yeah, walking through rebuilding, like that really looks like I have to suit up every single day. So Ephesians 6, like suiting up with the armor of God and just being ready for anything that happens. Like it's very scary to be in a cancer season, having cancer, but really you can relate this to anything when you are in this unsure period of your life and you don't know what's going to happen next and your life looks completely different than you expected. And it feels like your life has been turned upside down. Um, Well, what does that look like to rebuild in whatever way God has for you? And then also with that of just being doers of the word. So when this whole couple years when I've been walking with God, I've known about this concept of being doers of the word. And I hope that I was doing that. Um, and I think a lot of the times I was, but now it's like, okay, well now you really have to be a doer of the word. Like now that you have so much on the line, like this isn't something to take lightly. You have to really walk this out. And do, what do you, like you have to apply everything that you know right. when you're, when the, Yeah. Yeah, that makes like sense. Your faith is really shown in the heart. It's not shown in the good. Yeah, it's first right. Peter. Like literally, it says that your faith is is proven genuine through the fire. So it's one thing to walk the walk, right. which you did before right. when things were easy peasy. And it's right. another thing to, you know, walk the out. walk when, yeah. when it's like, wow. When it's like a different type of heart that you never would have to experience. Yeah. yeah. And whether that looks like a breakup that you thought you were going to get married or maybe a death in your family and just other hard things that whatever hard thing you're walking through, um, just getting up and being like, no, I have to actually walk out my faith today. It's going to be really hard, but we have to do it. And then rejoicing. So 
Philippians 4 talks about like rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Um, And so it goes on to talk about all those ways, like through prayer and petition and what that looks like to not be anxious and asking God for a peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. And really that verse has helped me in a different way. I've always loved that verse, but that verse has helped me in a different way because the first part of rejoicing. So I really used to focus on like the second part of the verse about not being anxious and like asking for peace and getting that peace up surpasses all understanding. But the first part about rejoicing in that, like really being thankful and praising God for whatever you can um, in that season. So sometimes it's really, really hard to come up with something. You're like, God, like, I don't feel like rejoicing. I don't feel like praising you for anything because I'm really hurt right now. And I've definitely had pity parties through this journey. Like Laura knows, like this past weekend has been really hard for me. Um, And I have to do this whole cycle, reframe, rebuild, rejoice. And the last thing about it is repeating that cycle. Like, I have to constantly do this over and over again. So sometimes it can get really discouraging of being like, hey, how am I thinking this negative thought right now? Like I already like walked through this God with you. Like I thought I was in a good place and now I'm back in a bad place. I'm actually in a really bad place. And just doing that over and over again. The repeat is so important. It arguably is like the most important. You can't just think, oh, I'm I'm going to um, reframe and rebuild and rejoice. Thank you, God. And everything should be okay now. Like, no, like you have to fight for this process every single day, fight for your relationship with God and fight for, for truth every single moment. Like you have to fight for what you believe in. That's something that I really want people to hang on to because we've had this conversation before and so many people think about it of like, why am I still struggling? You know, I felt that before where you've gone to war against something some kind of uh, negative thought or whatever it is, some kind of struggle that you just feel like, why do I keep doing this, Romans 7? Or why am I still struggling after years? Or I haven't done this in so long. Why did I do that again? Yeah. And you, you hit the nail on the head, Kristen, saying like, repeating is so important like you have to keep going and being proactive to where it's like i'm not gonna just wait until all of that hits me to be fully armed like you were talking about ephesians 6 6, i'm going to actively choose to be prepared for when the enemy attacks knowing that he's going to even though it's so annoying that you're like ah i've already like i've already fought i don't have already worked through this like why am i going back to this place yeah and it can be really discouraging um but you have to wake up and do it again and his mercies are new every morning Mm. and when i wake up i i have to say that to myself like no matter what happened yesterday no matter what i struggled with yesterday no matter what negative thoughts i felt right before i went to sleep or through the night like this morning it's new and we're starting over and we're gonna so good just abide and dang and walk through it so proud of you that's so good (laughs) and it's just like I love the song New Wine by Hillsong. And it says yeah, in the crushing and the breaking, I'm making new wine. Yeah. And like, it is really in the crushing and the breaking that God does his best yeah. work. Right. Yeah, but you have true. to be able to stick with them to allow yourself to see the gold at the end. Yeah. And I think a lot of people give up. Like I remember I was Instagram messaging a friend the other day and this person just went through a terrible accident and they walked me through their journey of like in the beginning of in the car wreck, they were God rescued me from the car crash. Like what a gift. But then they got bitter and bitter and bitter to the point where he doesn't believe in God anymore. Yeah. Because he's like, Gosh. you hurt me. You you allowed this to happen. But you see, it's all about the perspective. It's what right. you're saying. You get to either choose to rejoice in the fact 
that God is doing all these other things, or you can sit in the fact of he's not doing these things. And so what I'm loving about your three tips that you just gave us was like, you have a choice to rejoice and every single day is an opportunity to sing God's praises. And like in the crushing and the breaking, you can sit there and go, I'm going to choose to say like in the crushing and the breaking, you're making new wine or in the crushing and the breaking, how dare you? And I'm going to turn away. And And so I think what's so cool about that is just like, God is kind, but you have to choose to remember that. So even hearing your story, like I'm encouraged, but I think my question for you honestly is you, Laura. Yeah. Like I just got to know Kristen today. (laughs) What has that been like as a best friend? Like I have not seen a best friend experience. Like sickness (laughs) is not a part of my story with any family member or any friend yet. And I know that will be, but I want to hear your perspective. How are you doing? What has it been like watching Kristen go through this? Yeah, it's really sweet. I got like choked up her asking that because you just are like, you're, you're looking at this person that you love so much and you're like, I would take it any day. Like I, if I could, I would take it myself, you know? And she's not just saying that. Like, I know she really would. Where you're just, um, it's, it's hard when you love someone so, so much. And then, and then you, experience the pain that they're experiencing and you're battling this part of you that's like okay I want them to be okay and then I also know that God can do incredible things through this and so it's such a balance um of like going back and forth uh between those things but yeah I remember when it first happened I remember Colby just looking at me and and saying how are you because he knew okay yeah this happening to my best friend is like happening to me, you right. know, and it is really painful. And it's, yeah, it's really hard to watch somebody that you love go through this. So I'm gathering my thoughts on that. While you gather your thoughts, something about um, the diagnosis was that's just another way God showed up. Um, was Laura, like Laura was saying, lives across the street from my sister. So she, we, she can literally see her house from her house. And she just happened to be on a walk and my doctor uh, came to my house to tell me my diagnosis and that ended up happening with the house fire, the fire department came, et cetera. Like I said, if you want to know the whole story, go to the vlog. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of crazy, but I ended up at my sister's house. My yeah. doctor was told I was at my sister's, so she, she goes to my sister's. And at the same exact time, my doctor was walking up to my door. Laura was walking up to my door, literally right behind her. Yeah. And she just so happened to be there. And I feel like that's because God knew I needed her there. Like, mm-hmm. that's just one more way that God has said, like, I am here with you. It might not be God in physical form, but it's like he sends his people. Like, he knew how much that I needed her to be like my rock in that situation. It's really sweet. Dang. So what has gotten you through this, though? Like, yeah. both of y'all. And, like, give encouragement to listeners yeah. that are going through the same thing. I would say when when you have a friend or a family member who's going through something like this, you really have to be careful not to just say wise things all the time. Right. And you have to know that person. Because like, <laughs> for instance, I know Kristen is different than somebody else. Yeah. So if I came to Kristen and only hit her with Bible, she'd be like, okay, leave, you yeah. know? Um, but if I came to Kristen and... I don't know. It's such a fine line. Like, I just know you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really stopping and thinking, okay, what does this person need in the moment? And not just 
not just hitting people with scripture, not feeling like you have to say something profound, but not forgetting that altogether, right. you know? And you also can't make it about yourself. Like it's not, it's not going to be cool if I go to Kristen and being like, I'm really struggling that you have cancer. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Try being the be one so hard ha- for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what has been really cool is watching God's people like come together. There's been this collective, right. everyone just kind of laid our own agendas to the side yeah. with the understanding that like we have a friend, somebody that we know and love and care about is going through something and our only option is to show up. Right. And so we had text threads growing, going of like, what else does she need? We are, yeah. we are going to show up. And um, does she like this or does she not like that? And yeah. things like that where you're just, I'm going to do everything in my power to make her feel as comfortable as she can, as seen as she can, as loved as she can. And to just know that she's not in it alone. And we're not going to say things that make it sound like we know exactly what she's going through. Anyways, there's honestly a lot that I could say because one, you have to be honest with the Lord and with your people that like, this is like my community was checking on me, not because it's happening to me and they just want to know things. Things, but they're invested in, hey, this has to be hard for Laura because I know that these two are attached to the hip. Like this, this has to be hard for you because, you know, now like what you thought you were going to be doing, you're, you're moving things over to care for somebody that's, it's, it's also heavy. You know what I mean? It's, it's heavy and it's hard and you're struggling yourself. Um, and you're fighting, you're doing those things like reframing, like, oh my gosh, my best friend has cancer. And, and then at the same time, there's there has been a supernatural peace and an mm-hmm. excitement of watching everybody come together, yeah. watching you, like watching God move you into a place where you're like, I have some clarity on what I'm supposed to do right now. Mm-hmm. Like that has been really, really cool um, because you have decisively been like, I'm going to use this. This mm-hmm. is this is the only option. I'm not going to sit and and pity and stay there for very long. This was really cool. You said this once and I've used it already in conversations with people. I was just like, where are you at percentage wise of like how sad you are? Because if I texted you again, like catering to the person, if I texted you just said, how are you feeling? It'd be like, okay, I don't have time for that. That's an overwhelming question. That's an overwhelming question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm like percentage wise, where are you at? Like, (laughs) I can answer that. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember this was really impactful. She said, I'm giving myself 75% of the day to be really sad. And tomorrow I get 50%. And the next day I get 25. Um, That way you kind of built out a plan for your own emotions to keep you from wallowing in self-pity, which I really appreciated about you. (laughs) Um, Or I appreciate it in general. I think it's really healthy for you. But you didn't skip to, hey, I'm not going to grieve this. You're like, I'm giving myself some time to be sad. And then here's my plan to move forward out of that. So anyways, I've learned things from you and it's been really cool to watch God's people come around you. If y'all don't have community, you need it. You have to have community because you don't know what's going to happen in your life. Mm -hmm. And And you need an army. You need an army. Proverbs 18.1. Look it up. It talks about separating yourself. You're breaking out against all sound judgment because you don't know what God's going to hand you in life. You don't know what's coming and you need people in your corner. Mm -hmm. And I love it because even what you were saying too, Kristen, like repeat your three words or your four words. The reframe, rebuild, rejoice, and repeat. I love that because yes, that's 
available to you but it's also available to laura as your best friend Mm -hmm. like those words are not just contingent on a cancer journey it's something that we can apply as the best friend walking through um her best friend having cancer it's it's applying to whatever you're going through as a listener like those words are not contingent on a sickness but it's truly rooted in god's word and i love that and so just like very encouraged by you and from the outside looking in i want to encourage you laura like you've been steadfast in the midst of your best friend having cancer and your faith also Kristen, is affecting laura because i've seen her grow in her faith based on what you're going through and that's just the beauty of the body of christ kind of what you're saying community like if you can rally behind a person like the person that's going through the hard can be strengthened in their faith if they have an army behind them but in the same way that you're growing in your faith laura is too and so for the listeners that are just tapping into this story like how can we find you how can they hear more about the journey that you're going through because i don't want people just to hear this podcast and go that's great but i want them to be able to walk alongside you and learn because let's be honest god's gonna be teaching you something tomorrow and next week and next month so where can we find you thanks so um god's put on my heart to well because um when i was really scared and fearful i turned to the internet and I was trying to find other girls that maybe this has happened to because I had God and that is of course really important. But then you also want to be like, Hey, who like, who can yeah, I really, who yeah. can relate to me right now? <laughs> yeah. And I need to like, I have my friends and my family, like Laura just mentioned and so many people rallied around me, but you really need someone who has gone through something and what, you know, put fill in the blank, whatever you're going through. You need people who have gone through that same thing. And so through that process, I found a couple girls and really just got put on my heart, even though I didn't want to. My husband, the first chemo I went through, it was only two days after my diagnosis. And he said, do you want to film this just in case you like ever want to like share it with anyone? Like, I know you've been watching YouTube videos. And I was like, no. And I thought he was being so insensitive. I was like, no, why would I want to do that? Like, that's so <laughs> such an insensitive question to ask me my first day of chemo. I'm terrified. And then God just like slowly was like, hey, your husband was right. Like, I think, you you know, I'm, I'm calling you to do this. And, you know, it took a, a couple days of me like coming to terms. That's what God was telling me. And so anyways, I started Kristen's Cancer Collective. And I have um, right now it's mainly just a blog of my journey. And I did a couple of vlogs. And there's a few other resources on there pointing to other girls that helped me in this journey. Um, but if I have other bigger plans for it in the future. I won't go into those. But um, whatever God has for that, um, that's what I want it to be. And um, so, yeah, I just started that at Kristen's Cancer Collective. So if anyone wants to follow along with my journey, um, then you can go there and see all the different resources. That's good. Love you so much. Kristen. I just want to say one more yeah. thing. Yeah, say it. Before we um, sign off, <laughs> just something that has kind of been my motto during this is if I'm going to have cancer, then I'm not going to let it go to waste. And Mm. I think that can apply to whatever you're going through. That's good. So if God has given you X or if God is allowing X in your life, then don't let it go to waste. And, and whatever that looks like for you, pray about what that looks like for you. Um, But that's what really keeps me going, keeps me um, knowing that I'm walking in faith is I'm like, God, what does this look like to not let my cancer go to waste today? So good. And you really haven't. <laughs> Y'all find her at Kristen's Cancer Collective. It's Kristen with a C-H, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N. Um, we'll post about it at Call Her Holy. As always, DM us if you have questions. We love you and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.